everyone. Welcome back to our Pacific Morning Show. Good morning. I hope you guys are great. If you're dropping the kids off to school, drive safely. If you're going to work, also drive safely. And thank you so much for coming back to our Pacific Morning Show. On today's show, we have a very, very special... I don't know about that, but we have a guest today. <laughs> we have a guest today on the show. Now nah, he's a very good friend of mine, small business owner, tattoo artist, a amazing son of Donga, the original MMT enthusiast, mm-hmm. a loving father, and a loving husband. We are here welcoming the one and only Jeff. My name is Jeff. <laughs> okay, guys, thanks for having me. I'll see you later. That's it. Welcome, welcome to the oh, welcome to the show, George. <laughs> oh, sweet. Okay, so we're starting. Okay, I'll see how it is. Okay, all right, all right. Tamati from One News. I'm st- I still haven't seen you. For everyone who's not caught up, um, Jeff did a piece on MMT with TV One. TV One. TV One, and they got his name wrong, and they called him George, yeah, right? I remember watching that, and because I remember you had one point on your Instagram. It's you said my name. Jeff. My username was right there. It's Jeff, not George. Yep. And it was on the car too. It was on the car And too. I was like, what is this inside joke? And then I went back and watched the thing again because yep. I didn't catch it the first time. I was like, how dare he? That, that joke has stuck for five years now. <laughs> and I just bought it back. <laughs> Sorry. Cool, great podcast. Thank you guys. I'll see you later. Yeah. <laughs> now, how are you today, Docs? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Uh, came from the gym, um, full of caffeine and pre-workout. So I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to, um, to say some things. You know, clear the air and promote my new business. Um, <laughs> straight into it. And my new business. Red Sky. Red Sky, Red Sky. N- nothing, you know, similar to Blue Wave. Not like it's the opposite sides of the spectrum or anything, but uh, yeah, Red Sky. How's your morning been? Yes, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. You came out from out west. From out west, yes. Yeah. Good old uh, the Wild West. Uh, driving along the southwestern motorway and, and, you know, slowly making my way out here. No storms. Fortunately, um, the house is still standing, um, so can't complain. It's a good day. Yeah. Um, were you guys affected by the floods? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, me, personally, uh, we were without power for a month. Mm. So we weren't affected by the, the flooding, uh, per se, but we had water um, come into our ceiling, Shucks. which um, sort of cut our power to half because uh, our house is two-story. And then we had the cyclone and a tree branch um, decided to fall on our, our service line, our power line. Um, just as I was pulling into our driveway, mm. um, the thing falls down and um, would have probably, um, yeah, I'd say it probably would have killed me and my mum if it fell on us. Oh, mm. man. Because uh, this thing would be about five, six hundred kilos. What? This, this, this branch. By the time we mm. cut it up and carry all the chunks, yeah. it, was, it was big enough that it would have killed us if we, if we pulled in. Um, and that took out our power. So we had no power for about a month. Wow. How did you guys survive? Sorry, I'm very privileged, as yeah, you can yeah. tell. Well, uh, fortunately, mum and grandma, you know, they're Tongan veterans. You know, it was just, it is what it is. When it's mm. daytime, it's daytime. When it's nighttime, go to sleep. Mm. Um, for me, I, I discovered um, a love of cold showers. Not, not by choice, but just um out of necessity yeah and then all of a sudden you know I'm, I'm a big advocate for cold showers and i'm healthier than most and you know i just go and tell everyone you know health advice mm. cold showers yeah, yeah, yeah. yep because you're a tiktok um health advisor right? oh yeah yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i got all the saved videos and stuff uh tell you about these uh candles and yeah yeah you know things that you should and shouldn't do and stuff right. like that so it's um yeah it's 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 been a very interesting uh first half of the year can we talk about culture house? Sweet, let's talk about these cultures. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I haven't, I haven't actually had a warm shower since October. True, true. Out of choice. Yep. And well, when I'm doing all my other self care practices and stuff like that, man, when you're when you're feeling like you know, half a week or anything and you just walk up and turn on the cold shower and then it immediately just <laughs> yep. shocks you into existence. For me, it works the other way. So I, I go into a cold shower with a lot of tension, uh, anxiety, stress, um, you know, having a, a family and, and whatnot and 
and a mother and, and a wife and all these things that just stress you out. I just uh, I go into the shower and uh, physiologically or, or neurologically or whatever, some the shock of a cold shower um, resets the body's tolerance for uh, that fight or flight feeling, the, the, the tightness, the butterflies in your stomach, all that sort of stuff. And so by the time I leave the shower, you know, the, the, the stress of, of being married and living in a house with your mother and, and all that sort of jazz just leaves the body. The, the real stress was actually that cold water hitting your forehead, the back of the neck where all the, the tension, the migraines live and, and everything like that. Mm. And I sleep peacefully after that. Then I just stock up on some magnesium as mm. well, which is good. Magnesium, hit the magnesiums, they're, they're, they're good for you. Mm. And I, I, I sleep wonderfully. And then just stress the next day. <laughs> we can always cover it with a cold shower. Yeah. Have yeah. another one. That's it. Yeah. That's um, it. Jeff told me to have a cold shower. <laughs> so I had my first yesterday and I actually did have a good sleep. So thank you for that advice. Um, TikTok, TikTok PhD yep. holder. Yep. Um, have a cold shower, guys. Yep. It's good for the morning. What's something that you know or a quote or a philosophy or an idea that you that stuck with you? that has kept you going through the hardships that you faced as a person? Oh, as a person, well, there was this um, great philosopher, uh, a very wise man um, who once phrased or coined together this phrase. Uh, are we allowed to speak freely uh, one swear word? One, or should mute it or just? Well, well um, substitute it. Okay, substitute okay, it, okay. yeah. When I type it on my phone, uh, it goes like this. It goes, duck it, mm. it is what it is. Mm. But that, yeah, you, you yeah, know the yeah, word. Yeah, you know the yeah, word. Yeah, yeah. And and basically, uh, post COVID, um, or post twenty twenty COVID, going into twenty twenty one, the things that that tend to just pile up in life, just sort of put you in that that space where you're in your fight or flight, and even um, you, you get into that that point where you're beyond fight or flight, and all you can do is either have a a bit of a, a fat cry, which sometimes you need. Mm. Um, but in most day-to-day uh, -day, um, plans and everything, that doesn't involve time and space to, to sit down and feel sorry for yourself. So I uh, just live by that phrase, duck it. It is what it is. And mm. take a deep breath. Um, have a moment where I sort of acknowledge that, you know, uh, things are a bit tough. Mm. And then I'm back into it. Mm. Just hide it, put a smile on my face, you know, do what men are good at doing, hiding emotions and feelings. And yeah. You know, just it's my superpower. I just live in that and just run with it, and it works. Wow. Uh, well, yeah. I'd say eventually uh, um, I will have to address a lot of my um, a lot of my stress, my anxiety, and and sort of really figure out what it all means. Mm. But for now, when it's uh, go time, uh, that just helps me put all my personal things to the side and and just look at the greater mission, mm. things I'm doing, and uh, just get on with it. Mm. Mm. Which is is a, is a, it's not a bad thing. Sometimes, if, if of course, if you don't talk about your your problems and, and you, you don't have a, a healthy team or a good team around you, it can become unhealthy. Um, I dance around that line of healthy and unhealthy, not mm. because I don't have a team, but because I have a um, a big threshold for it. I can store a lot of things and then um, have either have a fat cry at some point when it gets too much or just lash out and be a grumpy man for a couple of days. Yep. Mm. But no, so far, so good. So mm. I won't uh, advise people to do it if, you know, if it, it's like drugs, you know, don't, don't, don't take drugs, but um, you know, for some, it, it yeah, will, it, it will works. Help. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and you were tattooing before the COVID lo lockdown and that was a bit of um, a journey for you. Oh man, it, it's, it's been, an amazing journey. Mm. So I started tattooing in 2011. Mm. So my journey first started mm. in high school. My last year I was, um, I was a prefect and for me being a prefect was the pinnacle of my high school experience. I mucked around. Mm. I was drawing in the back of class. Um, what school did you go to? Oh, Liston College. Shout out to Liston College. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, um, uh, fortunately our first 15, uh, they're in the 1A comp. Uh, participating very hard and, <laughs> and doing, you know, they, they did better than when I was there. Yeah. Um, back in my day, I was the first 15 captain or one of, 
And uh, yeah, we were in a lower grade, so you know, can't complain uh, about what the boys are putting putting out at the moment. I think in the Polynesian space, we are most known for taking out the Tongan stage in 2014. Mm. Uh, historically, Liston College has always had Samoan groups, but one year I decided, um, you know, put my hand up and try and put together a Tonga group. Mm. Um, got together some amazing tutors, some amazing families, and we took out the Taufanganua. Nice. Um, Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, well, big thing. Big yeah, thing yeah. on the Tonga stage. Yeah. Yeah. And we came uh, second equal in Dhamma Ulu'ulu. So it was a good year. It was a good year for us. Yeah. That was the year, oh, 2014. That was when the um, stage fell apart or something. I think it was either the weather or Wesley College had, you know, had mm. their had their set. Yeah. Um, but the stage fell apart. Wow. And um, I think they had to postpone the awards day to like Tuesday the following week. Mm. So it was uh, Friday, Saturday, but the Saturday got postponed till Tuesday. And so that's yeah, that's pretty much yeah probably what uh, our little claim to fame yeah and stuff. So my drawing journey started at Liston College. Mm. Uh, I decided I wanted to get a tattoo at the end of the year. So mm. I started drawing and started designing. And um, fortunately for me, I had a bit of a technical hand. I could draw straighter lines than, than most fellas. And so I started to get a lot of credit from the boys, a lot of kudos. And uh, by the end of the year, I, I... What kind of things were you drawing at that time? <clears throat> um, poly designs. Oh, cool. Yeah. So rather than doing my homework and, and actually investing in my education and stuff, I was, I was going home, I was searching up... Uh, like uh, videos on YouTube, you know, 10 years ago, if you searched up a compilation of tattoos yep. and stuff, you'd be watching and hit the pause and, oh, what's that pattern or how's he drawing this? Yeah. Uh, I was watching uh, these old school videos from an amazing artist called Freddie Frost mm -hmm. uh, in America. Um, he's he's like on that OG status. So I was, I was referencing a lot of his stuff, trying to search up Tongan patterns, designs and everything. And by the end of the year, like I had square eyes or I googly eyes. I'd, I'd look at a wall and I can see um, patterns running up or wow. things like that. Um, yeah. Almost unhealthy. <clears throat> and so my dean at the time saw potential. He saw some passion in me. I uh, had nothing else really going for me. Uh, I knew I was just going to leave school and um, get into the workforce. And so he told me if I behaved at least for the last you know couple months of the year, <laughs> he would buy me a tattoo kit. What? Yep. What a cool freaking principal. Yeah. No, no, uh, Dean. Sorry. Oh, Dean, Dean, yeah. And so, See, those are the kind of teachers we need in our schools. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, unfortunately, he's not with us today. Mm. Um, he passed away a couple of years after I left school, and um, I never got the chance to actually tattoo him or, you know, mm. scar him up or anything or, you know, um, uh, do a piece on him once I had established myself. Rest in peace. Yeah, uh, Steve Demanuel. Um mm. Well, it's not like you'd be watching this podcast, but <laughs> shout out. Yes, Nigel. <laughs> but um, yeah, from yeah. Yeah. So I actually was able to honor him and remember um, him in my journey um, when I named my daughter. So uh, yeah, I got a daughter. She's about 15, 16 months. Mm. She's got one of those Tongan names where it's like a big sentence, you know, yeah. long <laughs> list. You know, you need a second piece of paper on your birth certificate just to fit the name. And one of her names is his last name wow. in, in the middle there. Wow. So I wasn't going to name my daughter Steve. Yeah. You know, so I thought, okay, the next best thing is to include his last name. And that's a story to tell, you know, later on um, as she grows up and, and things like that. Um, yeah. I got to contact his parents uh, back in England and just let them know, hey, look, I always remember your son. He was a big inspiration. Mm. And, um, you know, he, he's remembered through my daughter's name. Mm. And so that that's... Yeah, that's that's an awesome uh, story which I get to always share and and remember mm. with people about this mm. this dean that uh, saw something in me as well as many others, mm. and the reason why I was able to tattoo this long was was because of him. Mm. So we sort of. Uh, we skip school, so we're out of school. He's um, bought me my tattoo kit. It gets delivered. I start practicing uh, on mates of mine absolutely chewed up these these poor fellas uh, by chewed up i mean I, I was doing things on their skin that i had no clue was was you know bad and wrong and yeah. all the gear and no idea and fortunately enough uh through keeping my progress uh photos and everything like that i actually saw little improvements mm -hmm. so 
from the year 2011 to 2012, I had actually put together a, a good enough portfolio mm. to apply for an apprenticeship. And 2012, I get my uh, apprenticeship. And that journey for me was was uh, hard yakka. So I was based out, I started off at Ototahi um, Tattoo on K Road, uh, and then uh, shifted to the second branch uh, on Lincoln Road, which ended up becoming uh, Lincoln Inc. Mm. And I was under uh, an amazing fellow, his name's Mike. Um, taught me all the old school ways of tattooing, um, the, the hard work that was involved with apprenticeships back in the day, mm. before a lot of the, the PC uh, stuff took over. And through that, I learned a lot of my, um, uh, I'd say, sh shop manager skills or management skills, um, consultation skills, all those sort of things dealing with people. Mm. Uh, I then took a break from tattooing and decided I'd study graphic design because I thought the idea of graphic design would sort of support the, the tattooing and being able to use uh, Adobe and, yeah. and stuff. And that's when I met uh, this handsome gentleman in front of me over here. Yeah. <laughs> we met at the what are they Amataki Law. <laughs> Amataki Ooh, Law. That's the disgusting Ten years ago. Ten Ooh. years. Ten years. Yep. So that's where uh that's where me and Esau's story uh, officially starts. Yep. But it actually runs deeper and and stuff. Yes, as we yeah. found out during yeah, during we lockdown. Found out during lockdown. Yep. Mm. When, yeah. when we weren't breaking the rules. Yeah, well, back when, you know, it was all clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I found out that my, uh, what is it, my old man worked for, for your parents. Back in the day. Back in the day. No wow, idea. that's yeah. so cool. So yeah. we probably met at one point yeah. uh, at Victoria Park yeah. and probably didn't like each other and then <laughs> run into each other years later. And yeah. Now we like each other. Hi. Hi. Now you guys are on a podcast together. Pretty much. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's funny how things go. Mm. But... Um, that was me for a couple of years. I sort of uh, did my own thing at home. And then in 2016, uh, 2000, yes, 2016, uh, I got my big break. Uh, I had the opportunity to work for uh, Steve Marching. Oosh. So Steve Marching is the OG. Um, anyone who says otherwise, you know, square up or we'll yeah. go for it. Uh, Steve Marching is the pioneer of, of our Pacific urban sort of style of tattooing. True. Uh, he was uh, tattooing people, or as, as an artist, or back in the day, you could count the amount of tattoo artists in the country with one hand. Mm. And Steve Marching was a Samoan, you know, in that space, dominating in that space. Mm. And uh, somewhere along the way, you know, there was these um, Samoan fellows who come in with this idea, or he had an idea to put Samoan patterns from the uh, Songai Miki mm. um, into, you know, the, the Kaulimas. The sleeves and, and, and stuff. And then take that into, you know, um, the chest and everything. And I believe the story goes, um, a young Sonny Bill, after getting his uh, Kaulima going off playing for the Bulldogs, mm. he comes back to New Zealand and is at a training, I believe it's at Marist, um, league club or something like that yep. sees some of the older fellas or some uncles with these early prototypes of the island sleeves that we now uh, mm. see every day goes to Steve uh, Steve fits him in you know he's already busy enough as it is fits him in and then all of a sudden you know the the sunny bill yeah. that you imagine from the mid 2000s through to the 2010s and everything the haircut the body all that sort of stuff and the tattoo blows up so for the next 10 years, um, Steve Marching is, is the man dominating in that space and leading the way. Yeah. And I, I, I work with him to this day. Yeah. Dude, when Sunny Ball got his sleeve, everyone got sleeves. Yep. And yeah. I was in high school at that time, I think. And even the high school kids were coming and getting tattooed by their cousins doing the Sunny Ball sleeve. So it was very influential. So you reckon he pioneered, you believe he pioneered in that space? Absolutely. Yeah. Not only on skin but uh, in drawings uh, as well as that. Like my... Um, and it's a very dis distinctive style. Absolutely. The, like you could the, tell from like a mile away that his one differentiates from everyone else's. Yeah. So you can look at uh, someone's a young kid's drawing, uh, the exercise book from school, uh, from Kelston all the way down to Mangere and, and everywhere in between. And you see these patterns drawn in a certain way and they're sort of uh, layered and overlapping and everything like that. You know that that came from Steve Marching. 
mm. or his inspiration. And people have taken it and evolved it and everything. And to this day, still number one. Well, some people some people might be, oh, but The Rock did it. But The Rock's got a different style, though. Mm. Well, he's got a different style of tattoo. Yeah, well, his... And I don't think The Rock's hype was as big as as an outsider, as someone who doesn't know tattooing. The Rock's hype on tattoo wasn't as big as Sonny Bill's. Not at all. The um, shoulder. But his one's like, what, Marcasian, isn't it? Yeah, mm. Marcasian. Mm. It's um, it's not Samoan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think, uh, I can't think for The Rock, but I imagine the, the criteria someone in America or Polynesian in America um, has in order to get a Polynesian tattoo is, is very different to what we have here in New Zealand. Yeah. So representation is, is quite big here in NZ. Mm. <clears throat> in Auckland, we have the biggest population of uh, polys and, and everything. Mm. So, of course, everyone uh, wants to look different. Everyone wants yeah. to have their own identity and, and be noticed. Yeah. Mm. And if you've got a keen eye, you can tell. You can tell the difference. You can yeah. go, oh, that's Fijian, oh, that's Samoan. Yep. So occasionally when I see like uh, a Tongan mate of mine, he whoops out a new tat or something, and then I'm like, that's a Samoan pattern there. Yeah, that's and then it's like, oh, yeah, no, nah, you know. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes some people have a genuine reason, but yeah, other times you're like, do you even know? There's, you know, a, there's I, a big problem yeah. uh, with that. Uh, yeah. In Australia, America at the moment, uh, a lot of um, uninformed yep. and misinformed people going and just getting um, these patterns. Well, we sort of break it down into the two groups. There's the misinformed, um, ill-informed uh, people who aren't um, of Pacific Island descent getting right. Polynesian tattoos and designs put on their bodies, yeah. and then you have the the polys who go and get um, who go into a, a place wanting a Tongan tattoo, walking out with with Samoan patterns, and yeah. then walking around um, proclaiming or you know um, claiming that uh, you know their Samoan tattoo is actually of Tongan descent. Yeah, and it just makes me you know that meme where they're just like slapping yeah. the forehead. It's, yeah. it's all of that. It's all of that for me. Um, and I think like um, the Americans, I'm going to speak on a Samoan lens, the Americans and the Australians always look to New Zealand for like cultural knowledge on tattooing. So they're kind of like, there's a thirst for culture, but there's not enough people there to educate on that part in America and Australia, I'm saying. Would, yeah. Would you say that like, you know, something like that, where there is a mix up on like, oh, like, there's Tongan patterns and there are Tongan motifs in the Samoan, um, Kaulima and stuff like that. Would you say that responsibility falls squarely on the artist or the person getting it for not doing their research? Yeah. I'd say it starts with the artist. Uh, for me, I, I won't tattoo a portrait of someone knowing that I can't tattoo portraits. Mm. So that's that's on me to not take the person's money and 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 produce something that I'm not confident in doing. It's the stuff makes me sick. <laughs> <laughs> as as well, the, the person uh, getting tattooed, they if they are of Polynesian descent, uh, Tongan, Samoan, they also I would say have a a, a duty to sort of check out what their stuff looks like and, yeah. and make sure they themselves. Um, how would you say? Check their own spelling. Yeah. You know, before they get the tattoo, um, it, it's it's a shared responsibility. But of course, the internet just produces rubbish. We've got uh, people from Europe um, using hashtags Maori tattoo, mm. but the images that come up are, are Samoan uh, images, Tahitian, Marcasian yep. tattoos. Yep. But we're all encapsulated under this um, this uh, fetish for Maori. Tribal culture, you know, pukana haka, that sort yeah. of stuff. Tribal tattoos. Yeah, or... things. Yep. So we, we uh, have a responsibility as, as artists, as Polynesians in, in the digital space, um, in the tattooing industry, to um, gently educate and mm. uh, do our best, especially here in Aotearoa, New Zealand, to give people an authentic experience. Uh, I suppose... In the urban, so in, in a Western, you know, studio, you you can't really um, replicate the um, cultural sort of experience. But giving someone a tattoo that looks Tongan mm. versus giving someone a real bum-ass sort of rushed thingy that that looks like a, a scribble, yeah, and, and claiming that it is something that it's not, 
um, yeah, it doesn't sit mm. doesn't sit too well with me. Mm. And um, sorry, just as I'm going off on my rant, I, I realize I forgot uh, another important uh, stage in my journey uh, tattooing. Um, not only am I fortunate to have worked with or worked with the best Samoan artist in the world. Who? I, I, well, Steve Maching. Oh, but, but also, also I, I had the privilege and, and luck to land a, a job with Carl Cocker from Carlia Tattoo. Yes. So it was, um, I think the reason why I um, probably forgot is there was a lot of things going on uh, in that year. Um, grandma getting sick, blah, 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 life yep. happening. It is what it is. Yep. Um, so uh, apologies. Um, Carl Cocker is the, um, in my opinion, still to this day, I'm, I'm hot on his heels. I'm, I'm always mm. trying to um, raise the standard and chase him. But um, Carl Cocker, an amazing Tongan artist. Yep. Um, his knowledge of, of of different islands and the way mm. he brings those pieces together, um, amazing. Yeah. And the way his tattoos heal, uh, amazing as well. The, yeah. the quality of ink that he uses. Um, he's, he's got a secret there. And, and of course, um, you know, it stays a secret. Yeah. So one day I'll find out. But um, nah, I, I love I love the work that Carl Cocker puts out. So oh, yeah. in my sort of tattooing journey, I've, I, I started off working for the best Tongan artist in the world. Amazing. And then now uh, I work with the best Samoan artist. So eventually one day maybe I can sort of... Um, be someone in, in in that sort of space or on that level mm. that people can speak uh, highly of, of my contributions to you mm. know Pacific Polynesian tattoos. <clears throat> but we'll see, we'll see. I might fall over tomorrow and break my hand, and no more, <laughs> no more tattooing. Hey man, I've uh, what is it? You've done quite a bit of work on some of our own mutual friends, mm. uh, you know, and I, I I know that they all wear their their ink with pride because not only is it it's it's beautiful to look at but it's done by someone that means a lot to them so i know that in our own circles that overlap mm. I, I think as well the you you put as as cliche and as as silly as it as it can sound you know you, you pour your heart and soul into something yeah and and people um take that and then carry that same pride and that love with the the tattoo that they wear. Yeah. Um, during the MMT season, um, 2017, <clears throat> through till through till this day, um, when I started tattooing um, Tongan shields, Tongan sealers, mm. the movement and the energy behind that was just unmatched. You did one on yourself. During lockdown. During lockdown. That was my, I remember watching that whole life. That was my self-harm. I was angry, I was dark, I was mad yeah, at the world. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I knew the gym was going to open up in a couple of weeks. So I had to tattoo, uh, get this this tongue and shield done um, before I went back to the gym and started training again. Mm. So I did that seven and a half hours and a broken back later. You know, I, I wear it with pride and yeah, it's, it's there, it's there, mm -hmm. still there. And then I suppose maybe you can bring up a video sort of showing I will. The, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, take some photos. The Instagram yeah. and yeah, stuff. Mm. And uh it's that that Tongan pride, you know, that the Tongan starter pack. You get the six seven six, you get the, the the Tongan shield, or maybe you get it twice or three times. Yep. Uh, the current, uh, oh, thank you. Thank you, Ryan. The current, uh, how would you say, record? Thank you, Ryan. The current record is about four Tongan sealers on someone. What? So there's one fellow, one mate of mine, good mate. He's got a, a Tongan sealer on his wrist. He's got a Tongan sealer on his on his shin. He's got a Tongan sealer on his back. So Tonga is spelled T-Shield N-G-A. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think there is a shield somewhere else. So he's got four Tongan sealers. That's crazy. That's that's That's, that's my fun. That's the, <laughs> yep. That's the Tongans. And the people who get those Tongan sealers, those tattoos from me, it's not just the the sealer, it's, it's the belonging. It's the, the little... The, the parading sort of spirit, the, that mm. mafana sort of attitude. Mm. You know, not only did you get the Tongan shield, but you got it from someone who's diehard. Yeah. Mm. And that's the sort of uh, energy and and love that I that I put into into my work. Mm. And it shows the people. I've I've had instances where people have spotted each other in public, no clue who each other are, but they see the shield or they see the tattoo and oh, they, did Jeff do that? And then, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so 
For real. I've had that. I've had that. That's buzzy. So it's it's certainly not um, like on a grand scale where you have um, international artists sort of recognise, mm. uh, I have their work recognised. But on a community level, to be at some public event or a parade or something, and then you see a, a toko with the same uh, tongue and shield as yourself, and then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, yeah, Jeff did that. Oh, yeah, I hate that guy, you know. <laughs> all of a sudden, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's cool. Yeah. It's cool, and I, I love it. Oh, man. No, that's... Um, and I'm enjoying seeing this all of a sudden rena- renaissance in, um, yeah. in Tongans willing to get tattooed because, you know, we even though Tonga wasn't necessarily colonised in the traditional sense, but uh, we've picked up behaviours from the missionaries, i.e. Tongans. Tattooing fell way out of favour from Tongans. Mm. Um, so it's you know it's amazing to see what what so why are you, are you holding are you the right flag there? for? Oh, I'm just <laughs> you're trying to scratch your back. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> so so you know so it's good to see that we, um, you know that we that we're reviving this part of our culture that obviously didn't die out in in Samoa. Um, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Samoa. <laughs> um, yeah, but we've had we've had this conversation before about like the responsibility that we have in the various within the Pacific to kind of fill in the gaps that were taken away by the influence of the missionaries and by colonization. You know, like oh, Tongans don't really do tattooing anymore. Samoans can help out here and there. You know, and then you know uh, I see that. Gava culture is slowly becoming a thing again yeah. in, in the Cook Islands. And the Samoans are doing oh, it now. Yeah. Like, yeah. we usually just do it for, like, occasions, but now it's more, like, casual. Like, we're starting to get into it, and I'm seeing a lot of boys' spaces open up with Samoans and cover spaces, so mm. that's pretty cool. Yep. Drink, drink cover. Yeah. Drink cover. And in saying that, I'm very interested because um, Esau's totally right. How, how, what's the process like for Tongans... Is it all cultural knowledge on re- reviving those patterns? Is it oral history? Mm. How how are those things? How do you, as an artist, um, undergo with that process on bringing cultural elements and knowing, okay, this is a Tongan pattern? I, I think for me, the main focus or the main uh, thing that I can work with is the aesthetics of, of the tattoo. I think that's the, the starting point uh, for us as Tongans. Samoans have their own look. You know, you have the intricate patterns, you have the, the layering, the, the detail, everything like that. Mm. Tongans, we have a couple sketches um, that are yes. on, on Google and the accuracy of these sketches are debatable. Um, my understanding is, is some of these drawings were done months after these um, these Palangis went back to England and, and, and then remembered what the drawings looked like. Uh, so for us, we... Um, we source a lot of our material from the, the ngatu, the, yeah. the top cloths. And from there, we, uh, I suppose, we claim or we use, a, you know, some of the Samoan sort of designs or, or designs that, that Samoans are known for. Mm. Me personally, it probably all came from Tonga to begin with, you know, but, but you know, that's, that's an argument for another day. That's a, uh, hey. <clears throat> but on an urban or on a um, contemporary level, I think that is as far as we're going to get for now, for now, un- until we get to a stage where uh, people in my generation and uh, the generations uh, to come, and there are probably even artists before me who draw patterns, draw designs in certain ways, and there needs to be some sort of council of the Tongan arts or, or some sort of something there, like there, that. Yeah, there does. There does need to be one of those Where things. they agree that, okay, this stick figure we now accept as a tongue pattern yeah. or, or something like that. Yeah. And then um, like an approval process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I suppose <coughs> it happened back in the day. Um, I mean, on some of these ngatos, you've got those um, old London cabs sort of uh, drawn and stuff, the, the king's cabs. Or, oh, my gosh. You know, so is yeah. that a pattern? I've seen I've seen so many different things that, are, that have been drawn on that have, you know, essentially become ngato. And you're just like, Man, these these Tongan women be out here just putting anything on Angato. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's usually that's how they that's how they commemorate stuff. 
Mm. You know, they make ngato to commemorate the, the king's coronation and all this different stuff. Massive parts of history. Mm. Absolutely. It's on ngato. Yep. Mm. It's just how it, it's just up to the person who's looking at the ngato to interpret what's going on. Mm. Mm. So I, I think for Tongans, I think the need will become loud enough that eventually there will be some formal... Uh, maybe some formal or informal process where we just agree amongst ourselves uh, that we can accept a certain look uh, and maybe take on different takes on, on patterns and uh, these little motifs and, and can we tweak these things that were on the war clubs and sort of turn that into something that looks um, quite Tongan or yeah. distinctly Tongan. Yeah. When we dive into the uh, tāwaka or the, the traditional Tongan uh, tattoo, I'm unequipped to speak on that. Mm. Uh, I haven't looked into it enough. Uh, I, I was just I going to ask, is there like research on <clears> it <throat> that you guys know of? Or? It's, it's quite early. Mm. Uh, the research uh, is still um, in its infancy. Mm. There are some um, uh, doctor. I don't know what the academic term for it is, but there are some writings out there that describe the relationship between Tonga and Samoa. And that's uh, that runs deep in mm. the the process when the the Tongans were getting their tavaka or whatever they called it back in the day. Mm. Um, I would love to bring together some of the men um, who have got theirs um, and and to, to speak. You know, get yeah. them get them in a Talanoa space. You know, get some kava, some yeah. KFC, yeah. and everyone would just hear from these fellas yeah. and let them let them talk about their their research yeah mm -hmm. and what right now the leading space in that is all hawaiian based artists isn't it we we have Samoan uh tofunga here in new zealand who Did are you? actually uh tattooing the the tongan men oh yeah we have i think uh from memory the the, the guy that first comes to mind uh is leo fiver that's right, oh, one yeah. of them did the Pomea brothers, wasn't yeah. it? I think that was oh, a different no, no, no. Oh, it was a different one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Leah Fiverr, uh, he is, I love I love his work. Mm. Um, and I love what he's about. Mm. Um, don't know him personally, never met him. But just from the things that I watch and, and the uh, reviews from people who have been um, tattooed by him, uh, amazing stuff. Mm. I think there are some other tafunga out there. Um, however, I, I, I can't name them. Yeah, the yeah. one in Hawaii that you speak of, uh, I believe he was given a Suluapu title. Suluapu, I say Toitu'u. Yes. He's the OG. Yes. Like in the early 2000s, him and I believe his name is uh, Suluapu Peter. Mm. Might be the, 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 um, the older uh, Suluapu, the older generation, mm. they travelled to Tonga and they got to interview the great-grandchildren of the, the last Tongans who would have worn wow. you know, their, yeah. their traditional uh, tattoos. Is it on camera? Or no? Yeah, there would be some documentary or, mm. or some footage there, um, but I suppose it would mostly be written. Mm. And uh, I see he paved the way for it. And 20 years later, you know, here we are, we're, we're starting to see some Samoan Tafunga come through and, and um, bless the tokos with mm. with the with their tavakas and all of a sudden you get the Tongans starting to do their, their poses the way mm. the, the Samoan fellas mm. get to. Yeah. And um, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, for me personally, I am yet to aspire to get one. Mm. <clears throat> on the on the level of what it would mean uh, for myself in my family. Yeah. If if I was to get one it would be beautiful and that black ink would contrast lovely against my, my white skin. Mm. Um, but I am yet to convince my family of, of what that would mean. Other, my greater family. Yeah. Um, mm. You know I mean? I rock up to the next family event and I've got one of these and I'm wearing my short shorts and, and stuff. I, at this stage, I wouldn't be treated any differently. There wouldn't be any extra expectation of me yeah. as, as a leader in the family mm. or as someone with this, uh, I suppose, higher designation. Um, so until we catch up on, on that side of things and, and accept it as a as a community, maybe yeah. within my own family to start with, yeah, uh, I will wait until the right time. Yeah, I mean, it's been a couple hundred years yeah. since, you know, all like 
tattooing has meant anything in Tongan culture, unfortunately. Yeah. You know? So it's up to us as uh, custodians and flag bearers of the culture to kind of navigate how that looks within our own circles. Yeah. Um, mm. I've thought about it, mm. whether I would get it or not. As the... Oh, as the elder son of um, of my dad's line, my dad, yeah, my dad's the younger son, but he's the only one that's got sons. Mm. So everything falls on me. They, they family. He's the head of the family. That's mm. me, unfortunately. Sorry, family. <laughs> you have to put up with me. Um, yeah, would that. Would getting the tāvaka make any difference in how I take on that responsibility? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I think about doing that, about getting it, the the Samoan saying this, the oh, I don't know how what 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 it is in Samoan, but I made him a really good friend of mine. His name's Tupu. Um, he says, you know, you gotta tattoo your mouth before you tattoo. Tattoo yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, tattoo your mouth before you. Yeah, tattoo your. Oh, wait. You might have to cut that out. I don't want to get dragged by Samoans. Oh. But yes, that is a um, that is a saying. So learn your language yeah. first before getting anything. Yeah. If you don't know the traditions, the way we do things, how we speak, it's not valid. Yeah. 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 So I feel, I still feel real like hardcore imposter syndrome. Mm. Um, even though Tongan was my first language, I'm fluent. Um, you know, I understand a lot of our practices, but I'm still like on this crazy journey learning. But yeah, I'd, I'd love to get it one day, but when I'm ready, mm-hmm. you know? Mm. But yeah, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. MMT. I will also say, <laughs> boom, there we go. I will also say that some people say that the Tata was a, rite of passage into Samoan culture, but that's where all the debates you see, the malu debate, the thing in, it's just ongoing. So don't cancel me. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Fair enough. Fair uh, enough. Yeah. And we see, you know, that's ongoing. Yeah. That's mm. an ongoing thing we see uh, within anything that's going, everything that's going on. So whenever I see like a malu debate or a tatau debate, I'm like, no, that's a Samoan thing. Well, let them handle their business. We'll be over here. <laughs> Talking about fahus and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> burn. That video on TikTok? Yes. Yeah, yes. Gets, yep. Um, yep. Yeah, the fahu system is interesting. I haven't found a docker yet to watch as a Samoan to understand it. Nah. It's your dad's older sister. There you go. That's your fahu. Yep, so um, he sort of yeah. doesn't want to get into that topic. <laughs> he doesn't want to get into that topic. But maybe a discussion for another day. Um, but thank you so much for sharing that. That was, um, I learned a lot. As you can see, I've been shutting up most of the episode because I'm um, giving a safe space for these Tongan men to share their thoughts. Um, and Boom! <laughs> <laughs> That's the last time we're having Tongans. We're never having Tongans. He's yet. white. Yeah. <laughs> but like, also saying that, freaking men's podcasts are getting dragged through the mud on every side of social media. Yes. There is a uh, stigma that men's podcasts suck. Yeah, I suppose and, the, the yeah. moment you see two men uh, on a table with like 10 women and stuff just oh, run, they run. Won't. And St- stay away yeah oh, watch Fresh and Fit which, which, which one's that one <laughs> that's the one oh, that's, that's two that's guys the, okay, so yes, that's like yes. Myron and Fresh and yes. they're like okay. but aren't they like girls from like OnlyFans and stuff like that they invite they invite like various different women oh okay but usually that's it and uh. the ones who make it to TikTok with the shorts uh, the, the short clips and stuff are generally the ones who say silly things yeah mm. or they they get um ladies who aren't really well versed well versed in, yeah. in certain um topics like you know families and yep and stuff like that and of course they get into the whole gender roles and this is like a setup and, oh yeah. absolutely yeah absolutely and it's unfortunate that these sort of podcasts um, thrive get the thrive most. they get the most clicks yeah, yeah. they they are the ones that are all over tiktok and get reposted and you know the girl gets roasted and and then it's a win for men and and stuff like that and it fuels the gender war the, yeah and yeah. it's so cringe 
when people send me those videos and they're like, woman, I try, I've had men send me videos of those things. And I'm like, you know, this is all set up coming from like a content lens. Yeah. <laughs> it's all set up. Those girls are there on purpose. Why didn't he get someone on his level who can discuss that topic, who has like, you know, done research and stuff, well, but they don't, they just. Well, a, mm. a woman on his level wouldn't. It's yeah, like, true, too true. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, but. Busy with her family? Yeah. Oh, Ooh. no, no. I watch it for what it is. To me, it's like theatre. It's a dance. Mm. You know, I watch it and I'm like, look, some of these people genuinely think like that. Cool. Mm. Some people, some, some, sometimes it's heat of the moment. You say whatever you want and then you think, and then I'm sure the people go back and then they, and then they think, oh man, I really said that. You know? Mm. So... Often I think people, uh, their their goal or their aim is to win the argument and lose the person. Yeah. Rather than trying to actually win the person over with your um, idea on things. Or even on a confrontation level, like just in, in, in general, not even in podcasts. I think when we're sharing our ideas in, in spaces like this and in and, and those uh, sort of podcasts, people haven't developed their uh, communication skills or, yeah. or even their, I don't know, the emotional maturity. Or, and they're looking to the internet to develop those skills. Yes. And then you end up with um, Freshfit and, and Myron and, and stuff like that. And then you believe that all women, you know, uh, think on that level. And then you think men, uh, in order to be uh, masculine, need to be... Um, Toxic. Know, almost, yeah. Macho. Yeah. The entire confirmation bias comes in. That sort of yeah. stuff. Mm. And... Um, all of a sudden you got like a big sausage fest, you know, where fellas are just like geeing each other up for being yeah. dickheads and yeah. and then you've got um That's to all of you men who are top G's out there. <laughs> I'm a top G. <clears throat> Say it to the camera. I'm a top G. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cutting that. I'm cutting that. Cancel. Just no. kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. But it's that kind of content that thrives where it's always trying to it's negative in nature. But that's human that's human nature it is. unfortunately yeah. do you think though that mm -hmm. it was birthed out of this modern feminism i i think it may be a, a male's response to the radical feminism where mm -hmm. we're celebrating all the names that men have given women whores sluts and we're kind of owning it okay i'm not gonna say where you don't know my identity um anyways um women are owning the things that they've suffered through for a lot of times. And now we've got a space where it's like woman empowerment everywhere in politics, media. Literally, if you're a woman, you have more advantage of getting work in media. And this is not a conspiracy theory. This is something I've experienced in the industry than men. They would rather have women host sports shows who don't know as much as a guy who is skilled than a guy who was skilled. <gasps> and I'm telling you now, it's in the industry, and they'd rather have women leading shows. Yeah, so he's looking at me. He's like, you know, say a sexist joke. Say it. Say no, it. Say no, it. I'm no, like, no, 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 I'm not. No. I'm not because I've seen this firsthand. <laughs> yes, see? Um, so as, as someone back. who's just recently, as of last year, um, become an avid fan of the NBA. I'm like, oh, you seeing it? Some of these, some of these, uh, some of these analysts and hosts don't know what they're talking about. Mm. Not gonna say any names, but um, LeBron James. Le LeBron James. I hate LeBron James. Oh no way, he's a guy. Um, but yeah, <laughs> no, like I see that. Um, mm. You know, sometimes you could see who the real uh, people who are there and know what they're doing, and the people who are there just as um, diversity. Diversity, mm -hmm. and also the funding towards women is increasing. True. So companies align themselves with funding and they're like, oh, there's a woman empowerment funding. Chuck on some woman roles. Diversity up. And the same thing happens not only on a gender level, same thing happens on a ethnic level. Ethnic well. level. Yeah, 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 yeah. So those are things to consider. I'm not saying anything about it. I'm just putting the facts out there yeah. for you guys, for the clip. Yeah. For bait. So I, I wonder how much funding um, uh, Fresh and <laughs> All the diversity exactly. they have. And the, the should, we, should we start a Fresh and Fit? Fresh and Fitty. Fresh and Fleshy and Fitty. Yeah, that's it. 
Claim all that funding. That's it. Claim all that funding, guys. Just invite yeah. everyone in and yeah. be like, hey, guys. That's a big worst battle at all. What does no. misogyny mean? Yeah, but I do agree. It, it may, the, all these men podcasts that are really, I'm not going to say they're all trash. There are a few good ones out there. Um, is a response to the, what some would call radical feminism. Mm. Um, and there mm. are, um, there are <coughs> people out there who, um, do an amazing job mm. at, at sort of uh, holding space for people, having guests on. Of, of course, you got like, name one oh, besides oh, Joe Rogan. Okay, but uh, love you, Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah, Joe Rogan. You and, inspired um, me, bro. Um, uh, Jordan Peter, Peters, Jordan Peterson. Peterson yeah, yes. oh. JBP. Like, yes, OG. I love him. Like those two, those two fellas. They're the the top of the mountain. Mm. Um, I saw recently there was a, a, a podcast, but it was recorded like. I think on a stage or something with, um, I believe it was Matt Walsh or, or one of these conservative guys. Mm. And he had uh, someone who looked like a liberal um, activist mm. or something. And these two were, were discussing their ideas in such a safe, well-mannered, respectful way. Yes. Uh, and ideas were not shouted mm. um, at each other. Um, ideas, there wasn't any over, over or speaking over anyone. And if we, you know, showcased more of that, you know, I, th I think we wouldn't have uh, as many problems um, out in the public yeah. Uh, space. Yeah. Because people would see that this is how you practice, you know, good confrontation, yeah. uh, good communication. You can have a debate, still leave uh, being unconvinced with the other person's argument, but respectful at the same time. Yeah. Amen. There's, oh, there's this video from one of Joe Rogan's podcasts Over where Joe, Rogan. Joe Rogan's literally talking about hunting and Russell Brand is his guest and Russell Brand is <laughs> I've seen vegan. That one. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's sober. He's yeah. all of that sort of stuff that, you know, and at the end of it, you know, Joe Rogan explains why everything and, you know, at the end of it, you, Russell Brand's kind of just enamored. He's just like, Oh, I've never, you know, I've never heard, like I've never thought that it was like that, that it is actually respectful that you use every part of the animal. Mm. Um, and then at the end of the day, you know, you could still tell that, you know, Russell Brand still went home to his vegan meals and all that sort of stuff. And Joe Rogan was still, it's just, what is it? The, the fact that these debates and stuff has kind of morphed from, my argument's louder than yours, or I am right, mm. you are completely wrong, you know, to the point where, where it's like, no, like, I want to understand what your way of thinking is. That's what it should be. And I think the mix-up comes from the ideological warfare that's going on, you know, the left, the right, and people are having actually a hard time differentiating ideas and not mixing it up with respect and respectful conversations yeah. because they've they've detached themselves so far that your idea is hate. Yep. They're not mm. able to see you as a person. Mm. And I'm really passionate about bringing that respect. And that's why I love Pacific cultures because in Samoan culture, you can come together respectfully and have a conversation that's totally disagreeable. But at the end of it, you leave with love and respect. But right now we're in a we're in a stage where people are unable to separate those different things. This is what respect look like. If you believe in this right wing idea, you're trash. You're a bad person. Yeah. If you believe in this left wing idea, you support the devil. You support you know it could be anything. But um, I'm really curious as to how that will develop moving moving forward and stuff. We, it's not looking to, good right now. Yeah. Well, we yeah. need to protect platforms like this mm. where positive confrontation is is uh promoted maybe not every every single podcast but where you can uh share your difference in ideas and the the tone and the the energy of of the argument is is like this mm. it, it doesn't need to become a shouting match it doesn't need to be something that divides us after the the interview after the podcast it's it's uh it's almost too healthy it's it's almost um, like boring in a sense, or mm. you sort of assume that it's not going to get clicks. Yeah, because mm. it's too um, too nice. So yeah. what you're saying is that we should yell at each other right now. <laughs> yes, okay, I think you are completely wrong, Jeff. 
How dare you? The tattooing started in Tonga. <laughs> These Samoans, uh, men are trash. I like medium rare chicken. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in saying that, I also don't like exclusive spaces. Oh no. Yeah, because it, the, uh, I, I measure things in productivity or like impact. I don't even like the men's podcast that they're doing, like keeping it strictly men, because it's like, and then I don't like when women say men don't have the opportunity, uh, that men cannot speak on our issues. Abortion. That's different. That's, that's different. That's different. Here's your clip, I'm dangling. Here's your clip, That's different. That's a, see, that's what I mean. Like, I believe anyone can have a say in anything. And if, like, that's just me. There is a bad to it and there is a good to it. But to limit, like saying men can only talk about men's issues, you're taking away so much impact and growth from a conversation by disallowing people to come in. Because you can learn something. Yep. You can learn something from anything and anyone. Why are you guys quiet for me? No, it's because you want to see different things. Yep. Like the way I see it, like, yeah, certain people, I, I still believe that certain people shouldn't speak on certain things for an example uh, for an example i'll use the nba as an example just as a safe example woman right no, no i'm not talking about women <laughs> okay but the nba in a sense like um you know charles barkley one of the best nba players to ever play has never won a championship mm. he can't sit at a champion's table and he's openly admitted that right where guys like Shaq. Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, like all those guys, they're champions. They can discuss what it means to win a championship, but Chuck can't really say too much because he's mm. never won it, right? In a, like in that sense, okay. In a wider basketball sense, okay. Charles Barkley can join in, in the court at all, right? But safe spaces need to be like, Men, men's spaces and mm. women's spaces still need to be there because they're where we feel safe. Um, as someone who hosts a, a, a men's space every, every once a week, um, our guys come in, all their hats left at the door, their professional hats, their dad hats, they come in as men mm. and they share and they cry and we eat, all that sort of stuff. So spaces are needed, mm. but sometimes some people just don't need to voice their opinion on certain things. Mm. Um, I think that is a that is a trap. The when you were speaking about the the men's Dalanor space, the one that you host and you're a part of, that is the personal experience. And yes, I, I think you know keep the woman at the door. You know, these are these are men talking about uh, men issues. Where it starts to get murky is on the societal level. So when when you sort of dive into that uh, men's opinions or, or people's opinions, I think there does need to be space for that. There there, there do need to be men who speak up about uh, abortion because it takes a man and a woman, man and a woman to to make a child or, yeah. or to yeah. bring a child into the world and. Um, Money's involved. Taxpayers' money is involved. So I get where you're coming from the societal level. And you, you can have a, a, a different uh, opinion on, on these things. Where people get lost is the way uh, you champion idiots to, to you know, hold your flag or, or carry mm. your argument. When you have people who don't know how to hold space, who don't know how to let uh, exactly. someone speak and someone finish their point before you interject. People can't remember often mm. what the point is that they're arguing against, so they have to uh, interrupt yes. to, to get it out before they forget. If we uh, grow the the idea of of, of safe conflict or, or good conflict or, or or take the stigma away from the word conflict, uh, we can really progress the, mm. these sort of ideas. Um, no doubt, the the more I um, sort of dive into, you know, generally men's mental health, the more you see these um, fathers who speak on, on abortion, speak about not being able to see their kids, 
Um, of course, every single situation has its own um, uh, caveat or yeah. nuance. But uh, being able to speak uh, freely and, and uh, safely and, and making sure that you're not losing the person uh, is, is super important. And I think we need to uh, stay in the taboo. We need to keep diving in and out of that to progress these ideas and, and to challenge. And it, it is uncomfortable. And, and I, I often have very uncomfortable uh, conversations with people I tattoo. Mm. There are people who don't agree with um, my generally conservative approach on things. Yeah. And it's exciting to uh, finish the tattoo or finish the conversation. And I haven't lost the personal. We, we, we are generally closer to the middle ground mm. than before. And uh, generally speaking, the things that we both or in a group setting would touch on would get us all cancelled yeah. by mm. today's standards. Yeah. Mm. So it's, it's, it's quite exciting um, to see this space grow or the need for it to grow. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I mean, we'll, we'll use you and I as, as an example. Like, Jeff's quite conservative. The pandemic affected us both in different ways. Mm. Um our viewpoint on how everything kind of went down with the lockdowns and all that kind of different. Um, but has that stopped me from being your friend? Hell no. Mm. Exactly. Has it stopped us from like, you know, occasionally shooting the message to each other and be like, Hey man, how's everything? How are you? Toko? Nah. Did it stop us from meeting up during the lockdown from meeting up for, during a, lockdown for, for a walk, walk? the basin? <laughs> no. And then me fully flat on my face. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, oh yeah, I fell. And then my nose started bleeding. <laughs> yeah. And that wasn't me tripping you up because you had no. a different point of view. Yeah. <laughs> I promise you. It was the curb. It was a, it's a conspiracy. It was the curve. <laughs> oh, nah, but I love that we can come around the table and talk about this stuff, you know? Like, this is not overly clickbaity stuff. Mm. But um, it's healthy. No. It's it's the boring, mm. it's the small stuff, but it's the little muscles that if you if you train the little muscles, then you know you'll see results in in the the, the greater lifts or mm. you know the lifting of society <laughs> of the Polynesian hey. Talamoa space. Hey, <laughs> coin. Hey. All right, MMT baby. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Honestly, I honestly loved this episode. We're wrapping up to like nearly an hour now. Are we wrapping up nearly to an hour, Ryan? And I just wanted to thank you, Jeff, for coming on and sharing your wealth of knowledge. Um, this is the last compliment you'll get from me, um, <laughs> but I have to do it on the show for uh, funding reasons. But uh, thank you for um, to myself for facilitating this mental. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> thank you, Jeff, for sharing your wealth of wisdom. Um, you are so awesome. Um, I hope the Tongan tattoo space grows. I hope you go back to doing tattoo and what you love. You will be going back to tattoo, mm. tattooing and, and doing what you love and reviving that part of Tongan culture. Thank you for sharing this, um, your thoughts on men's spaces and how toxic, I guess, men's podcasts are being perceived in that space. But gonna give you um, last two minutes of our show to say whatever you want to our audience. Even if you want to promote um, Red Wave. Red Wave. <laughs> Red one. I mean red sky. It's red sky, red sky. Red, sky. red everything. Red flags. Oh my god. <laughs> exactly. This is red red what is it? Red sky. Red sky. Blue wave. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> Green <laughs> earth. Ooh. Yellow That's people. My company. <laughs> <laughs> Yellow animals. Okay, so I suppose if I have the um the floor for the final word, is there an inspirational track you can sort of bring up or, or can we cut something in as I speak you know Spirit something can we get away with it maybe not that maybe not that no way no way when you saw me and you didn't even help me don't be looking at me I'm about okay I suppose um so today's inspirational word sort of comes from uh, a personal experience so as I was driving um, here this morning, I finished my gym, did my training, uh, worked really hard for it, stopped at the, at the bakery along the way, got a pie, hot dog and a, and a coffee. You know, you, you gotta fuel the body to, to perform these sort of you know, heavy lifting. On my way here, the van that I drive is a manual. And so in my one hand, I'm steering and I'm holding my coffee. In the other hand, I was trying to eat the pie and change gear. 
Somewhere along the way, taking a turn and, and you know, getting to the motorway, I realized I was doing too much. Now, should I put down the pie and the coffee? Maybe, but I don't have a cup holder. <laughs> so I thought to myself, okay, I can, I'll do what I can do. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll find my balance. And what I did was I took my last bite of the pie, I put it down on my seat, and I thought, okay, I can manage this. I can pass the coffee between hands, you know, and between changing gears and steering and indicating and, and all those sort of safety measures. Once I was on the motorway and I'm cruising at, at the speed that we're allowed to, then I whipped out the pie again. It was, it was a more appropriate time to eat the pie. And so in life, sometimes, sometimes, wow, this is a men's wow, space. And you know, this, this, I thought this was a safe space. <laughs> sometimes in life, you know, the, the, the load can get too much. You can be balancing and juggling too many things. It's okay to put the pie down. It's okay to let go of things and find your balance. Things that sustain you, things that uh, give you um, caffeine, give you nutrients and stuff. Hold on to the coffee. Continue driving, drive safely, and eventually you'll get to a stage where you can balance both. You can eat your pie, you can have your coffee, you can drive safely, and take from that what you will. I got here in one piece. Whew. Man. I wasn't it's laughing at Jeff, cry. by the way. I wasn't <laughs> laughing at Jeff. I was just, that analogy was too relatable was, to me. That's honestly beautiful, bro. Yeah. Like, for real. <laughs> relatable experiences. <laughs> Sweet, subscribe for more. Red Wave, we do inspirational talanos and uh, mugs and scented candles. Yep. And funded web design. Alrighty. Well, guys, thank you for having me. Um, I'll be back. And um, obviously, I've got more to say. And I think, um, yeah, if you guys have a quiet week, let me back on. And We'd love, us. whenever you want to come on, bro, yeah. you are welcome any day. Just as long as you're not here for to promote Red Wave. <laughs> with my, with my business brand. Yeah. <laughs> But thank you so much, Jeff. Good morning. Good morning and good afternoon. Mm -hmm.